Support for Market Foolery comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with the one that has your best interests in mind. Use Rocket Mortgage for a transparent, trustworthy home loan process that's completely online at quickenloans.com/fool. It's Thursday, January 12th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Allen. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Supernova and Rule Breakers, David Kretzman, back from Las Vegas. I survived. Fantastic. I knew you would. I knew you had it in you. Did you have a little bit of fun, though? A little bit of fun. I mean, it's hard not to when you're in Vegas. A ton of stuff going on. Obviously, a huge amount of people there for CES, but we had long days. We had a smaller crew out there this year uh, compared to, to previous years. So, a lot of long days, but it was definitely a lot of fun. All right, we're going to get to some of the highlights from CES from a moment in a moment, and we're going to dip into the full mailbag. But um, let's start with something that has long been guessed at and appears to now actually be in the works, and that is the Wall Street Journal reporting that Apple is planning to build, and I'm quoting here, build a significant new business, original TV shows and movies. These would be available to subscribers of Apple's music streaming service, which people can get for ten bucks a month. Again, this is this is in some ways not a surprise because they've got the money. They've certainly got plenty of cash that they can throw at showrunners to produce really great content. When you first saw this news, what did you think? What surprised me or what I found most interesting is that they will be lumping this into Apple Music at least for now. That that's always something I've been thinking about with that whole music streaming space. You have Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora. It's hard to di- distinguish yourself from other competitors in that space because you have essentially the same music. Maybe you have slightly different algorithms or a slightly different approach. But at the end of the end of the day, Amazon is another one. You essentially have the same music, and you're offering a very similar, if not identical, experience to listeners. So what? Apple is doing here is is a way to really distinguish itself from Spotify, which doesn't have original TV or movies uh, on on its service. So I think that's an interesting strategy for for Apple. I, I could see that starting to sway more people when their subscription is coming up. Do I go to Spotify or do I go to Apple Music? I think this is something that Apple hopes will bring more people, and I think it will. I think this does a couple of things. One is it puts to rest any uh, conjecture. That Apple's going to buy Netflix, which is one of those ideas that's been floated out there for years. Mm-hmm. Another is, I think that if you are Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, if you're any of these streaming services that is already producing content, while it's probably a little bit scary that the biggest public company in the world with the most cash on hand in the world is about to enter your space. I think they can take a little bit of solace in the fact that I think there is some pressure on Apple to produce hits right out of the gate. Because when you look at how many original shows Netflix is producing, they are now at the point where they they can afford some misses. And they they do have some misses. They, you know, there are some shows are just better than others. They you know, some are highly rated, some are more consumed. Uh, some are just sort of set up as a series, and then it's like, you know what, we're not gonna bring them back for season two. I think Apple is not in that position, in part because, as this journal report hints at, they are aiming pretty high. They are, you know, the the comparison, and none of these people are speaking on the record. Of course, it's <laughs> right. all it's all on background. But if we are to believe these people, they are aiming at sort of HBO level quality, which means not just quality programming, but high production quality. Again, they've got the money. But 
I think whatever they produce first has got to be really good. It's got to be good. I think the stakes are high for Apple, and it is a challenge for them because they don't have near the level of demographic data that a Netflix or an HBO has at this point with regard to to video and, and streaming. So I think yeah, like I said, Apple the, the the stakes are high for them to you know hit it out of the park with these first couple movies or or TV shows. So it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. They they also have, um, and I think this this is part of why they're doing this. Um, when they see sort of slowing sales of you know iPad devices and uh, and that sort of thing, this is a potential uh, beefed up revenue stream for them. And in the same way that if you go on Amazon Prime and you're watching a show, if you're a Prime member and you're watching a show that's free, and then there Amazon, I've noticed this recently because I'll 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 watch stuff on there. Um, they've done, they've done a pretty effective job of as they have for a while now of serving up. Oh, you watch this show? Here are ten other shows you might want to watch, or ten other movies you might want to watch, and not all of them are available on Prime. They're not all free. So you you know you click on one, and it's like oh you can you can rent that for three ninety nine. You know that right. kind of thing. Apple has that inventory. You know I I you know these shows have to be a hit, but then it does enable them to be like hey if you like this show you might want to rent. These other shows out of the iTunes library. Yeah, it gives them a chance to become more of just an overall content producer. So you you pay this the subscription, you have your music, movies, TV, all in one place. Even if you do have to pay an extra few bucks for something, but the way I've started to look at it in my own life, uh, you know, I don't mind paying four or five bucks to rent a movie on Amazon because that's a lot cheaper than going to the theater. And with as home theaters improve, you have the surround sound, you have the big screen TVs. I think more people are choosing. To to stay home and, and and rent a movie there, so that could play to to Apple's advantage as people are are already fairly used to buying or renting shows through iTunes. Another thing that Apple is going to do differently here from uh, what this journal article reported is that they're going to share the data as far as number of viewers, the demographic of those viewers with producers, which is something that Netflix hasn't done. To the chagrin of of Hollywood and those producers, so that could be something that gives Apple a leg up when it's when when they are, they are making negotiations with producers and content producers over HBO or or Netflix, which tend to keep that data a little closer to the vest. Yeah, it it is a great time to be a showrunner or a director, a producer of content in Hollywood these days because you've got so many options. And in the you know, and it's all about who offers what advantage. And in some cases, you can you can choose, uh, you know, you can choose to go with broadcast television, but and that's probably going to result in more money. It's also going to carry a lot more scrutiny. Uh, you can go with a cable network. John Langraf, who runs FX uh, Networks, is famous for uh, with new shows. Langraf is famous for being uh, hands off. And saying, I, I want you to implement your vision, and I'm not going to pay you a lot of money. I'm going to give you a lot of creativity, a lot of freedom. I'm not going to give you a lot of money. And I think that you know, Apple has clearly figured out that in addition to whatever money they choose to offer people, the data is an advantage as well. Absolutely. And I think in this case, if if these first few movies or TV shows or whatever route Apple goes, and they're hoping to have something by the end of the year, from the sound of it, I think if if the, those initial ones don't go well. 
either Apple scraps the project or they make some sort of acquisition into this space. I think that that'll be interesting to follow the next year or so. You were our guest on Motley Fool Money last week. We talked about CES, but we we taped the interview at a time where there was still plenty of CES left to go, including Kevin Plank's speech, the CEO of Under Armour. I'm curious. What were your impressions of the speech? I actually haven't seen any coverage of it, so I'm I'm flying blind here. I'm relying completely on you. Uh, what were the highlights of the speech, and what, if anything, did he say about the seven hundred million dollars that company has spent <laughs> on on connected fitness? Yeah, a lot of the focus was on connected fitness, especially toward the end of the the presentation. Kevin Plank is a voracious competitor, and he he was just making it very clear that he he's been in the competitive you know, landscape within business for for the past twenty years, and he he made it very clear that he likes to win and he intends to win and he intends to be number one in that category, which presumably means overtaking Nike at some point, which is uh, you know no easy task. Lofty, lofty to say the least, a little lofty. One of my favorite quotes from from him, he was just talking about you know when some people are trying to start a fire, you know, a fire of innovation. Some people rub sticks together. Some people try to hit rocks to try to create a spark. And he said, I like to take a match, light it, and dump 100 gallons of kerosene on it. So, that gives you a little taste of, of how Kevin Plank approaches this. But Under Armour is really focusing on this connective fitness category. Last year, they came out with some hardware to uh, help athletes and users track their data. And they have a line of shoes now, the Gemini shoes, which have these sensors built in to the shoes. So you put on your shoe, you go for your run, and you have that data captured automatically. So the company has been making that push, but Plank was making it very clear that they're not intending to focus on that hardware space. They want to be hardware agnostic. So whether you're using your Apple Watch, your Fitbit, your Fossil smartwatch, an Under Armour product, whatever it is, they want Under Armour to be that platform that you use. And right now, with those three apps that Under Armour spent over $700 million acquiring between 2013 and 2015, those three apps now have a collective total of 194 million users, and they're adding about 100,000 new users a day. So, those platforms continue to grow very quickly. That's similar to the pace of growth we were seeing a year or so ago. So they're getting a lot of people on that platform. And what was interesting, during the presentation, Plank demonstrated the type of data that Under Armour gets. So he had a heat map of four major world cities. So just picture LA, San Francisco, Tokyo, and one other city. And Under Armour can segment that data based on whether people are running, whether they're walking, whether they're on a bike. And they can see where those people are running, how long they're running, what time of day they're running, all these different um, pieces of data that Under Armour can then take and see, okay, how are our athletes performing? What products do they need? How can we support them? At the end of the day, you have to look at Under Armour as a company that wants to make athletes better. And I, I think I'm a little more sold on the company's vision now. The, the tricky part here for investors is that the company is not going to generate direct revenue from the data from these apps. But they spent over $700 million acquiring these three companies. They have over a billion dollars in debt now. The cash flow production is inconsistent. So, as investors, it is becoming trickier to evaluate how the company is performing because they're not getting direct revenue from those apps. But the theory here, and I think Kevin Plank's vision here, is that they can use that data to drive product development, to drive innovation in the company. So, the company will be selling, hopefully, more shirts, more shoes, and other products that 
thanks to this data, they know that people want and will pay for. Was there any talk from Plank about the rest and recovery apparel that they? I'm starting to see that oh, yeah. pop up in the sports media uh, and in commercials as well. Yeah, that that was a huge focus, and that's definitely kind of the next leg of Under Armour's product innovation, if you will. So this was a star-studded keynote. You had Kevin Plank up there for an hour. He brought on uh, first Michael Phelps, so the Olympian athlete. Uh, he's been an Under Armour, you know, sponsored athlete for several years. Several years now, very accomplished. So, part of what Under Armour is doing with this new line of Gemini shoes, these kind of connected shoes with with the sensors built in, they're they're really focusing on that recovery aspect. So, uh, starting in February, I believe, with with these apps uh, that they've been working on, you'll be able to do a jump test with with the shoes. So you put on your Under Armour shoe. You jump up and down six times, and then your app will spit out whether you can push yourself extra hard this time, whether just do your normal workout, or it'll tell you you need to take it easy. So it just pays attention to how quickly you're jumping, how high, taking all that data. And it's just a quick test, and it's helping athletes know how hard to work out. Maybe they need to take it a little easier this day. So that's one leg of it. The other leg of it is sleep. And uh, he brought out Ariana Huffington, who over the past couple of years she left Huffington Post. She wrote a book about sleep, and she's really focused on reinforcing the importance of sleep, which for a long time, uh, you know, our society has gone by phrases like "you snooze, you lose." Our society has tended to look down on sleep, like no, we we want we we want people to to only sleep four hours uh, uh, a day and, and maximize their time through the day that way. But Under Armour, um, also in partnership, so they have a partnership with Huffington, and they're they're also partnered with Tom Brady, um, you know, all-star quarterback of the the Patriots. Tom Brady has been working with Under Armour over the past couple of years, uh, focusing on on the importance of of sleep. So, one of the products that the company is coming out with are essentially Tom Brady PJs, pajamas, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and these these PJs are are built with. Um, Kind of, I don't know what you call it, like biometric or you know some sort of biotechnology. Um, that that's not the exact right word, but you get where I'm going with that. That's supposed to help um, you know regulate your body's temperature. It's supposed to help blood flow and essentially help you sleep better. And then the idea is that through uh, the the connective fitness products that you're wearing, you can track your sleep and you can see how uh, you're you're sleeping and and find ways to maximize your sleep. But essentially, Under Armour is is recognizing that uh, maximizing your rest, recovery, and sleep, that goes a long way to maximizing your performance as an athlete. So that's what Michael Phelps was talking about. That's what Ariana Huffington is talking about. That's what Tom Brady is talking about. So they're trying to make sleep sexy, again, if it ever was sexy. We'll see how that goes. I mean, spending $100 for a pair of PJs, I think you know some could be concerned that, oh, maybe Under Armour is pushing, you know, Overestimating that the power of their brand because that that's a lot of money for PJs. I don't know. It works for Lululemon and yoga pants. That's true. So so it, it might work. And and so far there there have Under Armour is not the only one to uh, be doing this. There are saunas that use a similar technology, and uh, there have been some studies loosely tied to this technology that suggests that yeah this this does help your body. It does help you rest better and and sleep longer. And it was interesting. <laughs> Kevin Plank compared his 
his data, his sleeping data over the past two weeks compared to Tom Brady. And Tom Brady has been very disciplined going to sleep. He goes to sleep between, I think, 9 or 10 p.m. every night. He gets a very consistent amount of sleep each and every day. Kevin Plank was all over the map. Some days he's going to sleep at 3 in the morning. Some days it's 11. Sometimes he's sleeping six hours, sometimes three hours. And, you know, Tom Brady is 39 years old. He's still going strong. And, and he's made the argument that a big part of the reason I'm still able to compete at the level I do today is because of my sleep. So Under Armour is really starting to focus uh, on that now with their product line. Did Ariana Huffington take Kevin Plank to task for his erratic sleep habits? Oh, yeah. She, she's trying to convert <laughs> him. Because uh, Kevin Plank, for a long time, he admitted that you know he was this go-go entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. And he's like, no, I, I don't need to sleep. I, I, I will do better if I can sleep less. And there, that, that's an attitude that's prevalent through uh, our, our society today. But now, he, he recognizes the importance of sleep. We'll see if his sleeping patterns improve. But now, Under Armour's tagline with this is, Rest, win, repeat, and Ariana Huffington said well, that's a lot better than you snooze, you lose. So we'll we'll see how Under Armour does with this. But through this presentation, it definitely made sense to me, and I think the benefit to Under Armour is that they'll be able to track the data uh, of their athletes. So th- they they should be in theory be able to prove that people who wear these PJs, they have a noticeable. Um, increase in the level of rest and sleep that they have, which should correlate with increased performance with uh, their workouts and exercise and everything else like that. So they should be able to to prove this and really sell that. So I don't know. At, at first glance, Tom Brady PJs is like, seriously, is that Under Armour's next big thing? That's what's coming out of these the $700 million acquisitions. But I, I think it makes a lot of sense because, like I said, our society for a long time has neglected sleep. And that's... Um, I, I think it's an area that uh, makes sense for Under Armour to, to put more attention on. All right, before we get to the full mailbag, I've got to say thanks to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust and has your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. You can securely share your financial information to get a mortgage approved in minutes with Rocket Mortgage. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So, whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. So, skip the bank, skip the waiting, go completely online at quickenloans.com fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Uh, when you were on the, the show over the weekend, uh, one of the things that we had talked about was Whirlpool has come out with a new composter. Like It, it basically speeds up the composting process. Right in your kitchen. Yeah. Right in your kitchen. And one of the things you and I had talked about was, Sort of this question of well, what does that smell like? And and out of ignorance, you and I were we're not asking that in a negative way, just in a genuinely ignorant way. Email from Joel White in Boca Raton, Florida. Compost done correctly does not smell. A properly balanced compost pile should not smell bad. Compost should smell like dirt, and if it does not, there is something wrong, and your compost pile is not properly heating up and breaking down the, the organic material. So there you go. There you go. Nothing to worry about. Um, also, an email from Michael Noche, who works for Whirlpool, and he actually um, visited Fool HQ with his dad a few months back. 
Michael, did, did he bring a composter? No. no well, hang right. in there. Next hang time. Uh, Michael writes, Imagine my surprise listening to Motley Fool Money when David Kretzman discussed one of the new products we released at CES, the Zira, Z-E-R-A, the Zira Food Recycler. Coincidentally, I received an email today highlighting not only the Zira, but also a new in-home beer brewing system that significantly improves the fermentation process. And finally, an all-in-one washer and dryer combo that can hold enough laundry soap for 14 loads, instantly starts the drying cycle when the wash is done, and sends you a text message when your load is finished. It even integrates with Amazon Dash to order more detergent when you run out. Who says that only tech companies get to have all the fun with innovation? That's, I gotta say, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I hear Whirlpool, I just think, you know, just basic home appliances. I'm certainly not thinking of home brewing kits. Which someone over there is having fun with that, so good for them. Yeah, Whirlpool getting it done. And you know what? He's right. Why haven't we had an all-in-one washer dryer? Like, I'm surprised Apple didn't come out with that. I read this email. I was like, wait a minute, that hasn't already happened yet. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. I think that that's something that makes people's lives a lot easier, especially with appliances that big. So yeah, if you can roll it all into one unit. Why not? Makes people's lives easier. Uh, Michael concludes by writing, "Thanks for all that you do." P.S. If David Kretzman wants one, I may be able to get him a good deal on the compo- composter. Although I do not believe it integrates with Edwin the Smart Duck. Yeah, uh, once you integrate it with Edwin, <laughs> let me know. For people who missed your interview on Motley Fool Money, uh, I had asked you what's the most unusual thing you've seen, and you you sort of threw me for a loop because you said, uh, "Well, it's Edwin the Smart Duck," and it was this. The display, I guess, in the trade show, and the trade show floor is massive at oh, yeah. CES. But uh, yeah, and you want to get people's attention because it's so big. So they had some enormous rubber duck, but it's a smart duck. So it's what a nightlight for kids, right? Yeah, think of it as just your normal rubber ducky that is connected to Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. I think, and you know, so it can be a for speaker. the tub too, or just. Uh, no. I don't know if it floats. That would be a nice feature. Yeah, and maybe maybe that'll be. Edwin the Smart Duck 2.0 next year at CES, but uh, yeah, it, it's a speaker. It lights up. So I mean, for kids and adults, great product. I, I think that should be version 2.0 because absolutely you know, the nightlight makes sense. But uh, you, you can get speakers that you put up in your shower. If you can have music in the shower, why not? You know, a little uh, dim, dim the lights in the bathroom. Put on some tunes with Edwin. Nice, you know. Nice glow, like this green glow in the background we have here. I mean, <laughs> exactly. man, that's just great setting. Uh, if you want to check out more highlights from David Kretzman and the team of fools that went out to Las Vegas, you can do just that. Go to ces.fool.com. That's ces.fool.com. I'll put the URL in the description of this episode. David Kretzman, thanks for being here, man. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. Show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.